Hi folks, a shout out this week to Sharon Pask, who did a review of the Take On Board podcast. Thanks, Sharon. She says, gender pay gap episode, very informative session with Emma Ray. Thank you. Well, thank you, Sharon, for taking the time to do a review. We love to get reviews here. And thanks to Emma for doing that episode. Second announcement for this week. This week we're hearing from Kari Hatch. And listen right through to the end of the episode where she shares resources because not only does she share some resources in the episode itself, but sent me a voice memo afterwards with some additional ones. So there's some gold in there. Radio, on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Take On Board podcast, where we talk all things boards and governance. I'm your host, Halia Svensson. Being on a board can be interesting, valuable and exciting, yet it can also be really lonely, challenging and hard. So here at Take On Board, we'll bring you weekly tips, tricks and advice to help you build your governance wisdom. We'll shine a light on how to navigate your way onto your first board or to build your board portfolio. We'll also help you to work through those challenges that keep you awake at night. Each week, I'll talk to women who have been there, done that, and together we'll discover what we need to take on board to be your best in the boardroom. Today on the Take On Board podcast, I'm speaking with Bronwyn Wellings about trends in reporting and also the Australasian Reporting Awards. First, let me tell you about Bronwyn. Bronwyn is currently Chair of the St Andrews Foundation, Deputy Chair of the Australasian Reporting Awards, Chair of the Finance, Audit, Risk and Remuneration Committee of the Electrical Trades Union Victorian Branch and a member of Victoria University's Compliance, Audit and Risk Committee. She's previously been on the boards of Connections Uniting Care, 1020 Foundation and the Uniting Church Property Board and Trust. Bronwyn is an experienced executive and non-executive director with a background drawn from local and international organisations in the resource and manufacturing industries and not-for-profit boards. She has a strong background in all aspects of finance and a particular interest in strategy, risk management, governance, corporate finance and reporting. Welcome to the Take On Board podcast, Bronwyn. Thank you very much, Helia. It's awesome to have you here and I'm really looking forward to our conversation about reporting, but... As always, before we go there, I want to dig a little bit deeper about you. Can you tell me, what was your earliest experience of governance? Well, actually, uh, it was as an employee, strange as that might sound. I didn't realise it at the time. In fact, I didn't realise it for many years. But when I look back on my working life, governance was all around me all of the time in the form of things like policies, processes, seeing how decisions are made and how performance and risk is monitored and managed and also what what gets measured and reported and are in fact all parts of the governance framework that the board has put in place to oversee the organisation. And I was seeing it perhaps from a different angle as an employee, but I think certainly for me um, it was a really rich source 
of understanding to draw from once I realised this is governance in action. And I think for people who aren't yet on boards, uh, they shouldn't dismiss their knowledge and understanding of governance already. Just like me, as an employee, it's happening all around them. So I think just kind of if people sort of think like that, then uh, off they go. Oh, that is a great reflection. I am often talking to women about board resumes for their first board and they're always, oh, I don't have anything to put on my board experience. It's like, just think about it as governance experience. It doesn't have to be boardroom table, it's governance experience. Was there a particular moment when, you know, that realisation dawned for you? Probably, I mean, I worked for BP for 20 years mm. and I guess my last role, I was based in London and I was uh, working with really senior people. I was chief of staff of the global treasury function, actually. So I kind of got catapulted right into where the big picture was being drawn and where it was sort of happening. So I think that helicopter view gave me a much better perspective on things But frankly, it was when I actually did the company director's course, I think that was a fantastic opportunity to just synthesise everything and see it in the context of governance rather than, Mm. oh, that's the way our organisation does things. It actually was was all all about governance. Also, uh, during my career, I was um, working as an analyst in exploration for seven years and I was in the global treasury function for about 12 years and I got involved in a lot of projects and uh, so project governance is a really big thing, of course, big capital intensive projects with long lives, lots of risks, big impact and so on. There was a lot of structure around the decision making. So I think there's probably a couple of different angles there that my understanding of governance was was developing. But certainly from a sort of a a board and a governance perspective, it was frankly after I'd left BP and and I went on the company director's course for the AICD and uh, it was just amazing. It was like pennies dropping as I was thinking about everything I'd seen and, and learnt in BP and seeing it from a pure corporate governance perspective, you know, it's really very powerful. Yeah. yeah, right. Fantastic. One of your positions is Deputy Chair of the Australasian Reporting Awards. So I'd love to delve a little bit more about that. So what are the reports that we're talking about and what are some of the trends that have been observed? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so if I maybe just sort of talk a little bit about the Australasian Reporting Awards, first of all, Great. Um, just very briefly, uh, it's a not-for-profit. They've been around for over 70 years. And our purpose is to try and help to improve the quality of the organisational reporting and communications with stakeholders and, and improve governance as a result of, of that. Mm-hmm. We do a bunch of things, of course, being called the Australasian Reporting Awards. We One of the core things is uh, awarding annual awards, and they are for annual reports uh, and also sustainability reports. We have a range of, of different awards, general awards, gold, silver and bronze, mm-hmm. uh, and also special awards. And we have special awards for things like online reporting, governance, Uh, work health and safety reporting, communications, online reporting, integrated reporting and sustainability reporting. So a whole lot of of different awards. But the other thing which is quite unique about the ARA is we have quite a big focus on education as well. And once people enter the awards, 
They also have the opportunity at the end of the awards process to have a one-on-one -on -one feedback session with, a, with an adjudicator to hear about mm -hmm. their reporting. So we're really big on getting people to sort of recognise and celebrate what they've done really well and also just to perhaps um, make suggestions around where they can continue to improve. So we, we, we do feedback sessions, we have seminars, we have an annual handbook that has tips and guidance on reporting, um, how to do it well and better. And also I think the, the reporting criteria that actually forms the basis of the adjudication is a really fantastic source of information on, on what a good report looks like. And all of this information is, is free on the website so people can just tap into it at will. So it's also, of course, a great opportunity for organisations to showcase their achievements and to benchmark their reports against, against their peers. Um, so I think the ARA does some really cool stuff and I think it's its purpose of really enhancing the quality of reporting and communications in order to improve governance and decision-making. It's just such an exciting organisation to, to be part of. How did you get involved in this organisation? I'm really interested in, in reporting. Yeah. I mean, I, I see reporting as... It's very integrated into what an organisation does. You know, it's, an, it's both an input to the organisation's activity and it's an output and it's all kind of cyclical and so on. But anyway, in my last um, executive role, I was responsible for running the strategic planning process and I was very lucky to get hold of a fantastic couple of external consultants who helped facilitate the process and one of whom was actually on the ARA board at the time and I think we were sort of kindred spirits in seeing the benefits of reporting and so on so when an opportunity came for another appointment to the board she very kindly thought of me so uh, and, and so I think it was it was that, that might, you know a really deep interest in reporting it's it's not just an end in itself it exists uh, as part of helping better decision making, helping better governance, yes. and, and so on. So, yeah. Yeah, which is what I love then back to the awards. It's what I love about what you've said about the awards is it's a real opportunity to, well, not only to potentially win an award, but to get some real input about how to make this a live, valuable, useful process rather than a ticker box. Oh, we've done our annual report, you know, let's, you know, great, done, tick. Tick and move on. Yeah, no, it's all about integrating it. You might as well spend the time on doing a good report because mm. it takes a lot of time anyway, you know, so you might as well do it. Absolutely. So what makes a good annual report? Oh, well, I think a very big focus on being transparent, mm. being transparent and I think being strategic in, in what you're doing, let's unpack that a little bit. I mean, there's a whole lot of requirements uh, driven by accounting standards and uh, the Corporations Act and the ASX and so on. And then for government sector, there's other, other requirements uh, that drive what you have to put into reporting. But the actual, it's the quality of the content that's important. And as I said, I think you have to be just really kind of put your heart into it in, in, in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, Tell the story, look at it as an opportunity to build trust with your audience, understand who are your stakeholders, what do they want to know about, 
and of course, I think a lot, lot of it would be about strategy and risks and opportunity and, and, and so on. Another thing that a light, I think, is being shone on it more and more, it's all about materiality. Sometimes I can be a little bit disappointed when I look at a report that talks about some really good things that it's done. Uh, and that might only be 2% of its expenditure in the organisation. And it's nice, but it's not really material. You want accurate, complete reports, but materiality is, is right at the heart of it as well. And it's been emerging for, for quite some time now, but there has been a lot more focus on the non-financial part of reporting. And when you think about it, a lot doesn't get captured in the traditional financial reports. And a lot of value, of course, doesn't even get seen on a, on a balance sheet. So non-financial reporting uh, and ESG reporting is, is, is part of that has become much, much more important. Um, and there's mm. something really exciting that I want to talk about a little bit further on in terms of it's something that has just been announced, was announced uh, November the 3rd as part of the COP26. So I'll, I'll come to that a little bit later on. Um, oh, oh, can we wait? Can we come to it now? Go on. Why not? Okay, well, I'm really, really excited about this, but uh, an announcement that came out November the 3rd, there's going to be an International Sustainability Standards Board being formed. Mm-hmm. Now, that's fantastic. There's been a lot of people doing some fantastic things around sustainability reporting, integrated reporting, climate disclosure-related reporting, mm-hmm. uh, and it's been hard because it's been fragmented, but they're all coming together, so that's... IFRS, that's the International Financial Reporting Standards Foundation, SASB, Sustainability Accounting Standards Board, the International Integrated Reporting Council and the Compliance Disclosure Standards Board. So that's so exciting. They're coming together and they're going to consolidate and they're going to work together. And what we're seeing is a massive step forward towards global standardisation of ESG reporting. As well as that, they announced yesterday that they have already published two prototype disclosure requirements. One is for um, a sustainability uh, reporting and the other mm. one is for climate-related disclosure requirements. So I can't tell you how exciting that is. Um, it really is a big development and, you know, the linkage with the, the financial body as well is just massive. So everyone's coming together on this at last. So it will be standardised and I think... The next step, I will be very surprised if we don't move to mandated requirements for Mm. this sort of reporting going forward and it will have the force of law, just like financial accounting has. And that's fantastic from a whole lot of different angles um, and not least of which is that will be... um, quite a contribution to um, climate change and managing the impact. You know, what gets measured gets managed, doesn't it? So if organisations start reporting on a standardised way on climate-related disclosures and sustainability, Mm -hmm. all sorts of, you know, ESG things, it's it's a real game-changer. So I... Oh, fantastic. 
I can see for those that are just listening, you should see the look on Bronwyn's face right now. She is beside herself with excitement, as you should be. That is just fantastic. And let's talk about the trends in reporting. And I imagine this is one of them. ESG reporting and so on has become more and more important and more and more fulsome, really, over the last period, a couple of years, whatever it may be. But yeah, what are the trends that you're observing in reporting? I guess we could look at these from from a couple of different angles. And firstly, maybe just sort of what are the sort of current and emerging issues in the spotlight of reporting? Well, uh, not surprisingly, climate disclosures, which I've already touched upon, least of all surprising, COVID-19. I think there's a lot of interest um, in organisations reporting on, you know, the risks, the opportunities, the impact of COVID-19. It's hugely important and and very topical. Diversity and inclusion is also really become a hot topic, not just in uh, organisational reporting, but generally in, in, you know, society. So we're seeing, seeing a lot more of a focus on that. It's focusing more on governance, uh, types of things that are uh, reported on in in the uh, non-financial parts of reports. Other emerging trends that I've heard talk about uh, emerging rather than being sort of right here, right now, in Mm. terms of reporting AI, artificial intelligence, cyber security. Perhaps that might be relevant to some organisations more than others. For example, cyber security, very relevant to banks in particular, Mm. um, universities perhaps. AI, it's just, you know, massive in in a whole lot, you know, um, IT-type organisations perhaps. And then in terms of occupational health and safety, some sense that uh, we're starting to move from reporting not just on lagging indicators like LTIFR, you know, long-term injury frequency rate, to more holistic measures and also a focus on, on mental health of employees. And, you know, perhaps that's uh, something that's uh, coming out of COVID-19 as, as well. There's m- m- maybe much more a focus on that. Another angle to sort of look at is um, I, I did tap into my uh, fellow directors on the ARA board and mm. to get their insights on what are, what are the trends that they're seeing. And I got some wonderful feedback uh, from them, including uh, one of the directors who's actually chair of the award committee so he oversees all of the reports that are entered he's seeing organizations uh, recognize and report more on strategic risks um, mm. he thinks that board competencies have a much higher profile he's seeing and this is just reinforcing what we've been talking about already uh, a lot more organizations are committed to ESG principles he sees that the clarity of writings improve in many organisations and that reflects a real focus on communicating with stakeholders. So I think that's another thing just to sort of stop and reflect on. I think we've shifted on well and truly from reporting just to shareholders. The focus in reporting now, I think quite rightly, is on all of the stakeholders, of the key mm. stakeholders, and that's a really big shift. The other thing that he does highlight and I think he sees there's more room uh, to go on this is that he's seeing that organisations are now better articulating strategic outcomes in terms of their achievements. That's good. Even better would be to develop clear outcome measures. Um, mm-hmm. so, so I think that's, that's a really useful insight. 
and other, uh, I think that sort of resonated with, with a few of the other directors and their feedback and, and, and other bit of feedback it too is people are seeing that now organisations are comfortable reporting the good and the not so good. And I do think that is really important because that becomes very credible, doesn't it? And I think that, you know, reporting is is a really important mechanism for building trust with your stakeholders. And you don't do that through a tick-the-box exercise or a compliance exercise or doing spin. And then another, another thought too is around the role technology can play. And a lot more organisations are shifting to online reporting now, which is... Another really cool development, and there's lots of navigation tools that you can use in in that form of reporting. Links to uh, other reports make your a key report maybe more concise by having links to static data or other more detailed information. You know, I'd suggest that if people are interested in in knowing what good looks like, then go to the ARA website and look at who's won the online reporting awards in recent years. Uh, This year, AGL Energy were the winner in the uh, um, publicly listed sector. The not-for-profit were Breast Cancer Trials, won the online reporting awards. And in the government sector, Water Care Services Limited won that award. Mm -hmm. So uh, I suggest, you know, people have a look at that and then start to um, uh, build on their own online reports. So that's, I think, a, a trend. And recognising the role that technology can play in helping to communicate, I think, is, um, is, is, is something people really ought to grasp and, and make the most of. Oh, there is so much in there that is useful for people. And particularly in, in looking at reports as, as we say, just an integrated part of what the organisation does rather than that ticker box. Did I hear you correctly before? Is it that can't be that surely not every entrant gets a one-on-one with an adjudicator or is it every finalist or is it actually every entrant? Everyone that wants to can have a session and there's a small, very small fee for entering into the awards in the first right. place. It's, it's less than $500 and about half that for charities. And then I can't remember, it might be a $200 fee or something for a, a, a one-on-one feedback session. It's actually, I understand, quite unique for yes. organisations that issue awards Um I've only been involved with the ARA on the board for just over a year now, but people that have been around a lot longer than me either as entrants or um, as adjudicators say that that is the real benefit uh, they see is the feedback sessions for people and and organisations. Incredible. All right, folks. Well, there's a call out to you and your organisations. Enter the wards, even maybe... I don't know if I should say it this way, but I will. Even if you're thinking you're probably not quite up there in the winner's circle quite yet. But if you enter, it's an amazing opportunity to get some feedback so you can get up to the winner's circle. When do entries close for the awards? For organisations that reported on the 30th of June, the current um, closure date is the 30th of November. And I think it's the 31st of January, just for entering the, you know, you don't have to get your report across then, but just to enter by then. And for organisations that report on the 31st of December, if they get their entry in, as in they just, you know, pay the fee and say we want to enter by the 31st of January, that's the trick. I do have an inkling that given the impact of COVID, as we did last year, the uh, entry date was extended um, beyond the 30th of November. So, um, yeah, people still have got time. 
Good to know. All right, close the 30th of November. Excellent. All right, we should be able to get it out by then and we'll make sure there's some information in the show notes about it too. Oh, Bromwyn, so much fabulous information in here. What are the key things you want people to take away from the conversation that we've had today? Well, maybe just a couple of thoughts. So starting off, like as I said before, reporting is not an end in itself. It's an mm. enabler. It's not a compliance exercise or PR spin. You put so much effort, time and resources into it, go for it and, and make it as good as you can. Why? Well, it's the best way to build trust with your reporting audience. Just can't beat it for that. Information, of course, is the lifeblood of, of capital markets. It's the lifeblood of, of organisations and their decision-making and stakeholders and their decision-making. And what gets measured gets managed. And mm. reporting, reporting can really drive change. And I think that my last of all message would be if you start to think about reporting like this, you link instantly to strategy, to risk, to performance, and everything becomes integrated. Uh, yes. And that, I think, is really very powerful. And is there a resource you would like to share with the Take On Board community? Well, I, I, I just refer everyone to the uh, Australasian Reporting Awards mm-hmm. website. It's I think if people just type in Australasian Reporting Awards in, in Google, it, it'll come up. As mm-hmm. mentioned before, we've got uh, a lot of free resources and material for people to uh, use. You know, you can see who's won awards and go and have a look at their reports. And uh, fantastic. Yeah. Excellent. Well, as I say, I'll make sure we have a link to that in the show notes as well for people to both have a bit of a look around and maybe just hit the enter now button as well. Oh, Bronwyn, thank you so much. Like I say, too many people, I think, think about reports as that ticker box and it's so great to hear somebody so passionate about them and passionate about the power of good reporting, basically, and how much it can really support and add value to an organisation. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and passion on this with the Take On Board community today. Well, thank you very much, Helia. It's been, been lovely to chat to you. I really enjoyed this discussion. Hi there, it's Helia. That's a wrap for the Take On Board podcast today. I do this podcast because I love bringing good women together. So it's great to be able to share these conversations that I'm having with these amazing group of women with you. Now, can I ask a favour? Could you share this podcast with someone you know? Perhaps you can share it with some of your board colleagues or someone else that you know that's interested in exploring all things boards and governance. With your help, we can grow the Take On Board community. Last but not least, if you want to continue the conversation, you can also join us over in the Take On Board Facebook group where there's lots of great discussions, tips, tricks and resources being shared. I would love it if you can join in the conversation there. You can find it by searching Take On Board in Facebook. Thanks for listening and tune in next week for another fabulous conversation.